0: As I was trying to decide what movie to talk about for this one, I found that it was helpful to try and define safety in contrast to its opposite. And what could be more opposite from safety than a fallen lesser god, the dark lord who forged the rings of power, a being who, after lying dormant and regaining strength for centuries, returned to power determined to conquer the entire world. That's right, I'm talking about Sauron, and we're talking about the ending of The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And thus it was, the fourth age of Middle-earth began, and the Fellowship of the Ring, though eternally bound by friendship and love, was ended. Thirteen months to the day since Gandalf sent us on our long journey, we found ourselves looking upon a familiar sight. And thus it was. This is one of the many endings to the third Lord of the Rings film, The Return of the King. This voiceover from Frodo gives us such an appropriate feeling of finality, and it serves as a kind of a cathartic exhale at the end of a nine-hour journey across Middle-earth, or nearly eleven and a half hours for all you extended edition fans. In this scene, Frodo and the other hobbits arrive back home in the Shire, and they've saved it. Everything is now in its place, so to speak, now that Sauron has been defeated. However, a major theme Tolkien wants to drive home here is that Frodo has been through too much turmoil to live here peacefully. Something in him has been broken or at least changed, and he can't return to the simple life he once had in the Shire. And so, with all of Middle-earth at peace, Frodo heads to the Undying Lands with Gandalf and the elves, leaving Sam, his trusted companion, his closest friend, behind in the Shire. Both hobbits respond to the new safety of the world in the same way, by really planting themselves in a place where they can bloom and thrive. Sam stays in the Shire and marries Rosie, and has, side note, one of the cutest Hobbit kids in all six of these movies. And Frodo travels to the Undying Lands to live out his days in peace. With their safety guaranteed, both men, or rather both Hobbits, are free to seek self-expression without having to worry about self-preservation.
1: Welcome to Story Shape Life, a podcast where we try to help make sense of the stories we believe about ourselves, others, and the world we live in. We're your hosts, Ben and Sam, In this season we're talking about emotions. We're joined by Emily, a licensed professional counselor, who'll help us unpack the meaning and motivation behind the way we feel.
2: What's up, guys? No. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah, me too safety am i right <laughs> <laughs> that's the best intro. there we go yeah, that was
1: good all right so yeah uh our episode today is about safety which may i feel is gonna throw some people off that safety is an emotion i know it threw me off the first time for sure um but before we start talking about it emily why don't you give us a, a definition for safety
3: sure Safety is an emotion that signals to us that everything is in its place as it should be um, and that we're experiencing some um, type of peace. It gives us the energy to express ourselves, um, grow, thrive, bloom, however you want to say that.
1: A lot of agricultural references. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Cool. And what do you, because this is a weird one, not a weird, it is uncommon for us to talk about safety as an emotion. Uh, what do you guys think are some other words that we use maybe in place of safe?
2: The first one that comes to mind that I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about, but uh, being in love or love. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. That was good. Coming out
1: strong. Just <laughs> swinging, swinging for the fences. Yeah. Yeah. Um
3: no, that's that's so true.
1: That's good. Uh, what else?
3: I mean, this isn't nearly as good as love, but no, nothing will be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> relaxed. Like that's yeah. good. Yeah. When you know you had a really good weekend, and you're like, man, relaxed,
2: comfortable. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Especially in a relational yeah. sense, I feel we we use. I feel comfortable with that person. Yep. We use that that's kind good.
1: of vocabulary a lot. I don't know if I use this word a lot, but you said the idea of like having a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think of like fulfilled mm. or um, what's a more common word for fulfilled? I know I've said that before, but.
3: Satisfied? Yeah, that's a good one.
1: The idea of like, which I think goes back to what you were talking about with like kind of getting to the end of a really good weekend. Yeah. And you have that feeling of like, yeah, like, man, mm-hmm. that was satisfying. That was fulfilling. That was. I don't know if encouraging, but you know what I'm saying, yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of idea. Mm-hmm. I think with safety in
2: particular, since there's a lot of things that come out of safety, you know, uh, like you were saying, like the energy to grow, change, thrive, mm-hmm. express, all those kind of words can often be associated mm, to safety. Yeah. yeah. So being in an environment where it's like, I feel like I can grow here. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe That's, what what that, you're trying to say is safety.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's good.
2: And I don't know, Emily, if you have more insight in this subject, but when we talk about these kind of words like grow, what exactly is safety enabling?
3: Yeah, so when we feel safe, we're able to express our emotions, and that's naturally going to create growth because we're working through things. Um, I think growth could mean become a better version of ourselves, accomplish things, goals that we set out for ourselves. Um,
2: And considering all those things that safety does enable, what, what happens when safety isn't there? Or what does, what is safety not?
3: Okay, so when we don't feel safe, we often can't express our emotions. We're still experiencing emotion because we're human, but they're not coming out. So often problems aren't resolved, conflict isn't addressed. Um, you're not able to be who you really are. Um, you're keeping all of that tucked away.
1: Yeah. What sounds unique to me about safety is that uh, the other emotions that we've talked about so far, and that I think we will talk about when you don't feel them, it's that's it's fine. Like it's not right if I don't feel anger. Okay, then there's nothing to respond to an right. anchor right if i don't feel sad then there should if i'm doing it healthily then there shouldn't be nothing there right. to respond to but with safety if i don't feel safe then there's a lacking right like yeah. it's the one that that is it missing needs to something be present. exactly right. right right and that's very unique to this emotion because it like you're saying it it's kind of the precursor to a lot of other things so you need to actually be feeling safe to be able to work through or, or get into other things, right? which again, I think is really different from other emotions.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's actually the only emotion. That's also a need.
1: Yeah. That's perfect. That idea of like our other emotions are not necessary. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't feel emotions, but you don't, again, if there's nothing there for your emotions to tell you or give you energy to do, then it's fine. But safety should always be one that's, that we're feeling hopefully in the best case scenario.
2: And, in the case of some of the other emotions that we've talked about, we've talked about how you can either kind of confront and healthily accept that emotion and process that emotion and and go towards the action that that emotion calls to. Um, with safety in particular, I think there's this interesting dynamic to where uh, you can't really get away from safety. You either are in a context where you feel safe or you're in a context where you feel not safe mm-hmm. and that's something's happening either way exactly there's yeah. always a consequence to it and so on one hand you might be you might have a setting to where you can process your other emotions and they are enabled or you're in a situation that enables the opposite mm-hmm. enables that you can't
1: process your emotions in a healthy context but mm-hmm. you really can't get away from it yep. yeah 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 that's why i think it's so interesting that it's the only one that's a need um because of that exact dynamic that that it creates, and on that same line,
2: I want to talk a little bit about what it looks like to not experience safety. So we understand that's it. It doesn't create a good context, but but I don't know. I would like us to unpack what that context looks like. Uh, one phrase I guess that comes to mind is staying stuck in the mud. So it's like you don't have the ability to move forward. Right. If you get growth with safety, then the opposite is just staying stagnant.
3: Correct. Yeah. Um, If we're going to compare this to like a, a work environment where you don't feel comfortable, safe, talking to your boss about a need for a promotion, then probably nothing's going to happen and you stay right where you were. There's room for growth and expression when you do feel safe and you can go to his office and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking, you know, but you stay right where you started if safety isn't involved.
1: Yeah, because I guess in the absence of safety, right, when you don't feel safe, let me just make it clear when you don't feel safe, at least in my experience, you begin to process all the risks involved in trying to act, right? Like when you're safe, there are still risks. You don't expect everything to be fine, but you expect there to be someone that can essentially give you room to be human and and that you can work out the difficulty with. But when you're not safe, you don't trust that the person across from you um, or in the office or whatever is going to give you freedom to work out difficulty. And so anything you do could turn out poorly for you right Right. and you don't know what is that thing and so you again you default to like oh I just I just don't want to do that at least that's my experience when I don't feel safe I don't know what could be the thing that makes it all go wrong and so I feel oh I like
3: on lockdown mode
1: exactly I'm just not going to be
3: creative you can't be vulnerable you can't try new things so it really is in the benefit of everyone (laughs) for it to be a safe environment
2: yeah and another thing that makes me think of is kind of coping mechanisms, mm. which we have talked about before, but it leads you to develop habits and things in, in your behavior yeah. to cope with the fact that you're not safe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking specifically as an example, and Emily, you probably could elaborate a better example, but I'm going to take a shot at the dark on yeah. this one. But let's say you grew up in a in a abusive family situation mm-hmm. so there's certain coping mechanisms that you bring into even your adulthood yep from the way you you coped with that non safe environment right uh emily could you kind of expand on what some of those may look like
3: yeah man i mean so many things um you have your typical like drugs and alcohol um but then it could also be things like achievement um anything that the person can do to um, take their minds off of the fact that they're not safe and recreate an environment that they can feel a semblance of safety that isn't actually safety. Um, I think what's disappointing or or frustrating about this whole situation is that um, usually those coping strategies or avoidance behaviors um, are experienced as negative by people uh, around that person that's trying to find a, a avenue for safety. Mm. So they are experienced in a negative way and get negative feedback and the whole system continues.
1: Yeah, can you get a, give an example of that? Can I give an example of
2: that?
3: <laughs> oh, sure. Please.
1: Okay, so growing up, there was a level of what I perceived as emotional instability in our home, and I interpreted that, or I through that kind of learned that emotions were unsafe, or the expression of emotions as you were feeling them is unsafe. Like that, there's not safety when you do that, um, and so <laughs> just kind of pick that up, and you hold on to that for years and years and years. Um, later on, when Emily and I. Met and then got married, I brought that into our marriage. And so I refused for the first three or four years of marriage. I mean, we've been married six years now, definitely the first half of our marriage. I refused to express emotion when I was feeling it um, because that felt unsafe. Like there wasn't, I didn't feel safe to express emotion in the moment. And I mean, I have a vivid memory of the first time that I expressed emotion in the moment with you emily and we were like in our apartment we were both in the bedroom we were i was pacing back and forth because we were arguing about something and i i was doing my whole like stuff it down i'll think through it process it come up with a logical way of explaining you know my position or, or you know wh- what i was feeling and thinking and i'll say it three days later and then all of a sudden came to this moment of like no i need to tell her and i like I think I was just talked super slow. It was really awkward. It was like, I am angry because and I don't know what I was angry about, but, um, but I remember that moment because I remember kind of bracing myself for it's over. Like, this is it. This is where I blew up our marriage. Super cool. Um, and you responded and it's not that I was in the right. We both had stuff that we were working through in the argument, but, uh, you responded with, Oh, no that's not that's not what I was trying to communicate. I'm sorry, and I just had this like visceral this feeling of just oh nothing exploded like the world is still still here our like our life our marriage, our relationship is still here and that was a huge turning point for me in in developing a sense of safety, feeling safe when I express other emotions in like while I'm feeling them mm-hmm. because that was something that I brought into our marriage the the this lack of safety or the sense of being unsafe when I'm sharing emotions exactly. in the actual moment. And
2: that brings up a good point. A lot of times when we talk about safety, I think the association we make in our minds is physical safety. Right. You know, safety from getting hurt or safety from dying. And that's yeah. not necessarily all that's involved. There's different kinds of safety. Right. And in your case you're describing emotional safety. Another one that comes to mind Uh, for me, that I feel like I've been developing over the years is kind of safety of expression. Yeah. Uh, Creativity. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And this kind of uh, pings on my whole type Enneagram type four (laughs) that we've talked about before, but um, it's been a process for me to feel safe to express myself the way I would like to express myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And that's part of my perception that If it's my family or my friends or the people around me, I I perceive that as an unsafe environment Mm -hmm. for me to express myself the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's been a growing process. And it brings me kind of the importance of that safety is that that uniqueness and that expression is so valuable to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It makes me feel like I'm growing. It makes Mm -hmm. me feel like I'm moving forward. It makes me feel like fulfilled Mm -hmm. that I'm be I'm able to express myself and that's that's really important and I don't know if y'all could think of some other forms of safety that that are definitely needs as well
3: yeah when we talk about the uh, healthy family system um, there is both the safety to um, be unique in the family to not be a cookie cutter version Um, of the other members of the family, but also um, this need to uh, have a sense of belonging in the family. So um, that balance of both. Uh, So in identity within a family, um, there's safety to be unique and safety to belong. I also think there's such a thing as intellectual safety, feeling safe to doubt or explore or um, ask questions. Right. Correct.
1: Yeah.
2: Cool. And that's so important in the family context and right. educationally in the school context. Yeah. Like, this is a tangent and we don't have to expand on this. But I just had the thought of how many students aren't necessarily struggling with learning or understanding. They're struggling with not feeling safe in right. their learning environment. Right.
1: Yeah. And how much does it affect your other senses of safety mm. if one is negated right so in the space of kind of looking at our culture and society and how we see this emotion work out i think because i grew up in and still participate in a faith community i think this is a big one that i see uh that community basically says oh the safest environment is the one where you don't have to doubt or you don't have to ask questions where all the answers are already given to you right and that actually becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that where people are worried about having all the answers and, and no one ever doubting or asking questions, they actually create an unsafe environment. And so that leads people to ask more questions and to doubt more and to, right. Um, anyway, that's one place where I, I definitely do see in our culture or society. If, you, again, if you're going to in those kind of communities, we're having to catch up and grow up a lot in, in what it means to be safe and to help people feel safe. To me on a
2: cultural perspective the thing that comes to mind it is incredible to me to think how safety has been put on the back burner for so long in terms of gender and race the way women are treated and women feeling safe and how it is you know 2019 and just in the last 10 years we've finally seen movements towards making women feel safe and the importance of that and it's incredible to think how much damage we've done Mm. in the past
1: for not valuing safety Mm. for everyone. Yeah. The Atlantic had a piece uh, a couple of months ago that talked about the epidemic of disbelief Mm. and one of their big topics was uh, women and abuse and just kind of a, a season in our country that we're going through where we, we, we disbelieve the victim, and I think in in what you're saying is what we do then is perpetuate a environment where people can't feel safe, um, right. exactly. because we're not willing to actually hear their stories. And that, and again, this isn't again what the other side is probably going to say is is oh well we don't know if they're all true. And it's like we don't. But the reality is if we can't have a conversation about it, if we're always walking into these things skeptical and more concerned with the perpetrator than the victim, then we continue again to create unsafe environments, both emotionally, physically, intellectually, um, and, and where people feel like they can't begin to create safety because no one's listening.
3: Yeah. Being someone that has these conversations on a regular basis, I always have my radar up for did this actually happen or not? But I always address the emotion whether it happened or not if she wasn't feeling safe then that's what we have to talk about if the second i start doubting her or challenging her or picking apart her story she no longer has the opportunity to feel safe again
2: and i think there's an intrinsic belief that i, I want to bring up uh i recall a an an interview this is the most pop culture reference we're going to ever have on this podcast. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, one of David Letterman's interviews that are on Netflix now, which you should check out. I love his You're interviews. so are so good. Um, but it, my, it guess his, ne-
3: my next guest needs no introduction. Yes, exactly. Uh, introduction. No introduction.
2: Yeah. So it's his interview with Kanye West. And I watched this interview in particular because I'd, I don't think I've ever sat through Kanye West really talking for a long time. Never do I want to do that ever I just hear like quotes here and there and I'm like wow interesting but (laughs) uh, Kanye began to go on this tangent where he was talking about kind of this whole Me Too movement and he described it kind of as a a witch hunt Mm -hmm. where uh, you know guys who shouldn't even feel afraid are starting to feel afraid and stuff like that and David responded in such a way that I just loved Uh, like snaps to him. He's so legit. Um but he said, the fear that men are feeling right now is nothing compared to the fear that women have felt over generations in the yeah. past and still feel today. Yeah. And I I think the, I, I first of all, completely agree with that statement, but also I think the intrinsic belief is that the value of safety in men, the value of safety in white men. Oh yeah. Super so much more important. Yeah. Yep than the value of safety of minorities and women.
3: Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of our podcast. All right, see (laughs) you guys. Safety. Um, In the midst of all of this culture talk, I, I think what stands out to me is how often people don't feel safe in their environment and that is what drives them to counseling. That there's like an increase of people that, seek out counseling because there is no other environment for them to process their emotions or talk about the things that bother them where like if they had safe communities, they could be working some of these things out at least um, with friends and family that cared about them. Um, But the only relationship they have where they feel safe is with their therapist.
1: Yeah. Two things Uh, go to counseling. Man, um, I feel like we've said that every episode. If, if we yeah. haven't, we should. We should go back and insert it cuz it's so true. Oh, and, and
2: and and I would even say start these conversations about emotions. Yeah, and, absolutely. If if you've already started counseling, that's great. If if you're I don't know, not ready to do that, I'd I'd still encourage you to do it, but yeah. just starting with, you know, having a conversation about safety, starting writing down things that maybe you feel like you're not feeling safe in. Or. Yeah. In
1: many ways we created this podcast for that. So like if you're hearing this and you're like, man, yeah, I got to talk about emotions with somebody more often, like send this to a friend and their response to this is going to tell you very quickly if they're on a track for being person. a safe person or yeah. not. Exactly. So, and that's, I mean, it's not perfect, but that is in large part what we're trying to do and what we're trying to offer is, is a kind of a kickstart for that. So yeah, you need to go to counseling just try counseling. Everybody should go to counseling at least for some time. It's just good for you. And then two, uh, yeah, find, find, find your safe people. I mean, find people that you can, um, begin to work those things out and, and it may be different people for different things. You know, it may be your spouse and and you guys finding a way to have these kind of new conversations that you haven't had before. Like Emily and I had to, and still, still learn to, I mean, you would think that um, being married to a counselor means we have this nailed down. Uh, she'll tell you that's not true. We are constantly having to work through this because we both come with a lot of stuff and, you know, misread each other and whatever, but junk in the trunk. That's <laughs> one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully this is an encouragement and just some sort of tool for you. But uh, moving on or kind of to wrap this up, uh, if you guys have questions about safety, um uh, or about any of the other emotions that we've talked about, please email those to us at storyshapedlife@gmail.com. At we're gonna put all those uh, questions together for our final Q and A episode, and give
2: us that ahead. follow on Instagram at storyshapedlife Life. Uh, that's also a great place to send in questions. That's true. And it's a great place for a certain amount of resources that we're starting yes. to slowly develop so make sure and stay tuned to those yes so and Instagram. if you
3: also would uh, send us your words that um, you, use. you use to describe safety so we can work on that emotion wheel
1: I think you called it a flavor wheel or something last time. Flavor wheel of emotion. Yes. There you go. No, that's good. Yeah, so we're putting this tool together for everybody. Um, so send us your word, the words that you use. Even if you've heard it on the podcast and you're like, oh, absolutely, that is definitely the word I use the most, let us know because yeah. that's, that's really, really helpful. Yeah, and then lastly, big shout out to Two Chunks again for their intro. And the hunk. And the hunk. I'm sorry. It's not just Two Chunks. There is a hunky in there. And we will see you next week when we talk about... Hurt. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) (laughs)
2: Isn't that encouraging, man?